Hi there, I'm Tom D'Antoni, and this is another OMN Coffee Shop Conversation at Artichoke Music, the final one for 2020. The next two weeks, you'll find our best two conversations of what has been an awful year. I'd like to thank everybody who has been a guest on the podcast. It hasn't been easy, but it sure has been worth it. January, we will return with a couple of very interesting episodes, including Ben Landsberg and Andrew Durkin. But to wrap up the year, I wanted to sit down with a guy who has helped facilitate every episode that we've recorded here, Artichoke store manager Jason Auberger. He's also a guitarist, composer, and I don't know what we'd do without him. Well, we're not in the Artichoke Cafe. We're in the store itself. In the, in the, what is this room called? This is the back, back of the store. The back of the store. And you got a million um, ukuleles on one wall. Yep. We got uh, harps sitting next to us and uh, violins and drums and... What is that? Is that, a, is that That's a, a hammer dulcimer. Hammer dulcimer. That's right. What was that guy's name? Byron Burl, not Byron Burline. Byron. Uh, shucks, I wish I knew. There was a famous hammer dulcimer guy whose name I don't remember. Anyway, that's the voice of, of Jason Allberger, who is the store manager here at Artichoke and yes. helps us every time, every single time we do one of these. Yeah. He helps us and he's a great help and he's fun to talk to. Oh, thank and, you. Uh, you know, so I just wanted to get him on here and let everybody meet him. And because uh, this is our actual our, our last um, podcast of 2020, thankfully, in Nailed, a way. Nailed you know. every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and because uh, 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 next week uh, we'll have uh, the best, ne- the next two weeks, we'll have the best two podcasts of 2020. And you don't have to wait because I'll tell you. One is Storm Large, and the other is Tony Coleman. You were here for Tony Coleman. Nice, hey, yeah. God. I think I was here for all of them. Yeah, I think you were here for I've all of them. I've been here. I've been here. Haven't missed, <laughs> haven't missed one, I don't think. A lot of coffee. Yes, a lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. And the recipe is on point, too. It's, That's part of my shtick, the coffee recipe. It's on point every time. Per- perfect <laughs> cup of coffee. If you start your day off wrong, it's probably because of the bad coffee. Right? <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, you're right. you start off with the good coffee. It is, and it is good coffee. And I wanted to thank you for 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 you know making this help help, help making this happen all, all year, you know. My I mean, pleasure. It's, it's uh, you know it's it's nice to it's, I look forward to it. You know, I mean, I look yeah. forward to doing them anyway. But having you here really helps. Appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, you get a lot of great guests too. You know, I'm always looking forward to who's coming through here. Yeah. Uh, you know, you've had drummers, you've had uh, production people, you've yeah. had um, yeah. um, promoters. Yeah. And, a lot of musicians and yeah. all kinds of person record store owners those have been my oh my, uh, I, my ear is tuned to that yeah so. isaac isaac slizarenko from it's one of the coolest jackpot records one of jackpot. the coolest dudes yeah, you know good. yeah and when i do terry courier i gotta go i gotta go take the, the gear over to his to, to, to music millennium because he doesn't go he doesn't I don't, oh, yeah? he, I don't even know if he ever leaves the store to go home uh, is that how it is for him <laughs> wow you know i see him there pretty often when i'm yeah. In there so yeah 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 I got confused. I, I didn't know whether he was a DJ from Philadelphia that I recognized. I wasn't sure. He looks like somebody to me. He looks I like thought, Weird Al. Uh, well, yeah. But ultimately, that's where I... But, I, you know, it was something else. I, and I remember sitting next to him at a concert, the Tedeschi Trucks Band. And I was just, you know, I spent the first set just trying to, who is this guy, you know? <laughs> I think eventually I saw the Music Money and Beer Can. Oh. And I thought it was Weird Al. <laughs> and I was like, oh, it's that guy. And it's I, that guy. You know, he's in my neighborhood. Yeah, you had to go to Seattle to find the guy, but he's right here. <laughs> yeah. And Jason and I are also East Coasters. Oh, uh, yeah. Jason comes from uh, D.C. suburbs. Yep. 
He's wearing a Phillies hat. Oh, yeah. Keep, keeping it and, keeping it real. <laughs> and I'm wearing an Orioles, Orioles sweatshirt. Yes, I love it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, um, it's okay because they're not rivals. No. No. They, even, even when they were in the World Series together, they weren't not really rivals. Not well, like the Yankees. When did they? Oh, in 80, 82, 83? 83. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was Cal Ripken's rookie year. It was. He got the win. That was the only time they won. That's the last time they won. Uh, when they did won, they won several World Series before that. No way. They beat the Dodgers in four and 66. Oh, that's huge. They beat the Reds in 69. No way. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. That was, that was, uh, that was the Brooks Robinson year when Brooks was like the MVP, oh. most valuable player in the World Series. And, and then they beat the, the Phillies in 83. Never happened. It did. It did. And Rick Dempsey was the, 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 the MVP of that series. They doctored the footage. <laughs> That's when Eddie Murray hit his name on the scoreboard with a home run. Wow. Yeah. Like the natural. <laughs> All right. So um, you're the manager here. Yeah, that's something like that. Yeah, what does that mean? What do you do? I just kept showing up, and uh, they, they didn't they didn't call the cops, and they just started. All right, well, I guess talk to this guy. I became the manager. Um, what does that mean, though? It, um, it means a lot. Yeah, actually, it means the world to me, just personally, just being in this environment. But the community here is wonderful. They come in happy, they leave happy. You yeah. know, and yeah. um, they get to experience. You know, I get to experience it with them too. I mean, we mm-hmm. are surrounded by amazing instruments and it's just um the imagination runs wild basically yeah, yeah. And i spent all day thinking about music anyway so uh-huh. here i get to discuss it with other people and uh, a lot of great personalities here in portland and um they come to artichoke for a reason so a lot of times we're like-minded people yeah yeah, and, um, yeah. so that makes it very special and uh, i'm just really grateful to be here so the store has been doing okay hasn't it yeah we, we it has been the more comfortable people have gotten with um the the regulations with COVID, I think the more they're willing to, to come around and yeah. experience um, what they, what they need to yeah. essentially. Um, uh, can you play every instrument in the store? Heck no. I fake it. And um, <laughs> I fake it uh, 90% of the time. So no, but no, really I've just been a, mostly a guitar player uh, or that, you know, that sounds so self-indulgent when, when no, I hear myself doesn't. say that. Well, when I hear myself say that, it's just like, oh, gosh. No, it does, it does not sound self-indulgent. Well, I enjoy the guitar, and I, all, yeah. and I have since I was a kid. But, um, you know, coming in here, no. <clears throat> you know, I barely knew anything about playing these other instruments, but I definitely have a background listening to, yeah. to music. And I knew what an ukulele would sound like and, mm-hmm. and, and a pedal steel and, and all these instruments. But I learned quite a bit along the way here, too, of course. I bet. How long have you been here? Uh, about two years. Uh-huh. I, if I did the math, it's probably a little longer than that. Uh-huh. But um, I've been working Bob Howard, who is our executive director and, and a great guy, um, is uh, the reason I'm here. Yeah. You know, I, 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 um, Bob, Bob and I uh, met each other in uh, Kay's Bar, which is in Southeast here, uh-huh. uh, watching our f- good friends uh, Pretty Gritty play music down there. And um, somebody just introduced us. And I think the first thing that Bob Howard said was, uh, hey, do you want to volunteer? <laughs> and I said, yeah. Okay. And then, you know, down the road, uh, we linked up, made sure that happened. And I started uh, teaching kids in St. John's mm-hmm. um, at a after school program. The best kids, you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, and uh, have enjoyed that for many years. And eventually there was um, some room to volunteer here at Artichoke mm-hmm. and just to help keep the place in order. And um, I've just been uh, able to contribute in that way. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. So and here I am. Fast forward and uh, yep. 
learning enough about these instruments to to get by here huh. <laughs> you know yeah so people have to call and make appointments no not really, really? Uh, tw twice okay. a week twice a week. we used to have a by appointment only yeah and, um we have gradually opened up the store because we are doing a great job uh, just keeping it safe for everybody. Yeah. yeah. So uh, we do a by appointment twice a week. Um, that helps keep our um, staff, uh, which is very skeleton crew here, mm -hmm. getting on top of everything so that we can best uh, handle, you know, serve the community. That's mm -hmm. really our goal here is to mm -hmm. provide what our community needs with their instruments mm -hmm. and with their um, instruction and just their musical entertainment. Yeah, yeah. So just before we we started here, you had a you 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 had a, a, a you were teach you had a teaching a teaching lesson. Oh yeah, I did. What was that? What were you teaching? Uh, well, it's interesting. I was teaching a guitar lesson basically. It just mm -hmm. I like to just show people what I know and try to but, guide guide them through. There's no such thing as teaching. That's what I've learned. Huh. So you're not really a, a teacher because at no point can I embed any information in anybody else's head. You know, so I can simply just guide them. I can point down which path to go on, you know, and then once they get, you know, and I may have been down that path before myself, so I know what to look out for along mm -hmm. that way. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much how I approach it. So but what were you dealing with today? Today was, was fun. Um, so my student plays electric guitar. Mm -hmm. So, and for the first time I, I had an acoustic guitar in the lesson and whatever. I, I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen there, but, um, Electric guitar is a different animal than the acoustic guitar, so we were just blending those two together today. Huh. And um, huh. you know, he's a he's a beginner, just discovering what he wants to what he wants to learn. He's got a great um, background of musical uh, musical interests, so uh, uh -huh. he digs all kinds of bands. Yeah, um, but I don't know. Uh, you know, I do a lot of listening up there. Mm -hmm. you know, and I don't, mm -hmm. you, I don't have the guitar in my hands all the time when I'm doing a lesson either. Really, I mean, mostly I don't play. Huh. I think that's pretty important. It took me a while to get to that. I yeah. Think, you know, yeah. I thought yeah. it was kind of, I think when I first started, especially with, with the kids, I thought they needed to hear me play. Mm -hmm. And I think it took a, you know, you grow to understand pretty quickly that that's not the case, you know? Huh. Now, did you have teachers like that? No, I had one teacher. He was cool. I had one lesson when I first started, <laughs> my mom rented me a guitar. Yeah. And which is, I mean, the best decision I've ever made in my life to ask for a guitar. What and kind of guitar? As a Yamaha acoustic guitar. <laughs> they they charge us 35 bucks. I was in Rockville, Maryland, you yeah. know. So this is back in the day. I don't want to say when, when but a while ago. <laughs> and they charged 35 bucks for that guitar for a month. And wow. I mean, shucks. Artichoke music doesn't even charge that much. We have the best deal this side of the Rockies on, <laughs> on rentals. But um, so that... Guitar became a rent to own, but I took one lesson, and then the next time I showed up to the to the music and art center, the dude had left a packet, and um, there was no dude though. I forget his name, <laughs> but I remember being in the first lesson. But he just left his address on the back of this uh, instruction packet with his address in Arizona. Wow! So he was out of there. So he went to go live live with his mom, I guess. But um, yeah. So there was no lesson that day. And then I just learned from magazines and very uh, much a solitary endeavor. You really? Know? Yeah. Kind of uh, without. So I like to say that my background with music is um, kind of faking it. Not really knowing. I wasn't much of a musician. I could play a guitar. I could play you a song, but I didn't know what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Learning how to play music is a completely different thing. I mean, it's, it's a, you know, you have to, the mechanics of it were there, but understanding what I was doing was not. Huh. That's that's a maturity thing that happens, I think, um, and without any uh, in, in, um, 
instruction. You're not going to, you're going to just pick up the piece. You're going to Hansel your Gretel, yeah. Hansel and Gretel your way through the whole thing. Yeah. Pick yeah. up a little piece here, pick up a little piece there. And uh -huh. it's like, um, the puzzle takes a long, longer time to put together. Huh? Huh. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so did, what, did you start playing in bands? Oh yeah. Um, I hope it's interesting, Tom. <laughs> uh, seizure salad, man. That was my first band. Seizure? Seizure salad. Seizure salad. That's good. I know. That's good. Uh, we, we were just looking through a dictionary. I remember. And, uh, somebody just said the name seizure salad had nothing to do with the pages we're in the dictionary. So that was a good, good exercise. And Is that the perfect. punk or grunge or something like that. I don't know, man. We were really, um, yeah, like punk. I would yeah. call us punk. You know, yeah. we were actual punks too. Were you? So, oh yeah. We were just complete yeah. delinquents. Oh. Seizure salad with a name like that. We're, the best thing about us was our name, though. <laughs> so, but our first gig, we played at a place called Fatty's. It was an open mic night. We could have been only 14 or really? 15 years old. <laughs> and it was so cool. I mean, we were so ready to go and play our silly songs. And yeah. um, I remember we got three or four songs and... After, during the first song, our singer stood on the two tables right next to the stage, stood <laughs> on the tables, rocked the tables back and forth, and it was just exhilarating. Yeah. And we were terrible. I mean, we were <laughs> we were a terrible band. We had the we had really dumb lyrics. <laughs> and it was just kind of like, you know. Well, uh, if you were a punk man, it's okay if you had dumb lyrics. That was the point that yes, the lyricist was, 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 mate, was yeah. driving home was that, yeah. uh, you know, just... Yeah, I'll, I'll prove how dumb it can be and we can get away with it. And he proved that, man. But truly, seizure. we didn't have any um, any big lights or fireworks or anything, but we, we stood on our own. We were just seizure salad. <laughs> did, you, did you pat on yourself after, after any band? Fugazi. Uh-huh. Fugazi was where it was at, Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, for anybody who doesn't know Fugazi, uh, the, maybe one of the first do-it-yourself bands, um, especially to that extent. Uh -huh. They did not charge for their live shows. They did a, a really? mostly free shows. Wow. Um, their records were um, as cheap as possible. It was a nonprofit band <laughs> or not for profit, you know, yeah. and, and just similar to Artichoke in that regard, where it's the, the purpose is greater than than the um, the accounting, you know. Uh -huh. So well, at the 930 Club days. Yeah, I mean, they were, okay, you know what? what's so cool about that, that you mentioned 930 Club, Fugazi, and Ian Mackay in particular from the band Minor Threat, there was no places for kids to play under underage shows yeah. because of alcohol. Alcohol was right. interrupting the flow of music, essentially. Right. So they were able to, uh, the, the kids in Fugazi, Ian Mackay, were able to convince the people at the 930 Club that if they just put these big black X's on these kids' hands who were not eligible to drink, yeah. that of course they wouldn't be able to be served at the bar. Uh -huh. And that tradition, be, uh, it became a tradition, uh, but that started, I guess, in the early 80s uh -huh. and um, maybe the mid-80s. And then it, when I was a kid in the D.C. area, they were putting black X's on my hand, and I knew what that meant <laughs> I, as far as the history behind it. Yeah. Um, and it was a long thread of, of years of, under, of underage shows, just <laughs> all ages shows. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know how common that was back, back in the day. I don't think it was very common at all. No, I, you had to go to New Orleans or something like yeah, that. Right. Probably if you're 18 years old, you can <laughs> drink in New Orleans. So <laughs> I don't know. Is it 21 to drink in New Orleans now? Don't know. Don't know. I bet it's not. But who knows? I don't yeah, know. really. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. There's a... So, um, listen, okay, don't, don't, don't let these, any, anybody, we are in the store and things are going on. There's commerce <laughs> going on in the store. There might actually be people playing instruments in the stores. That, that, that's, that's, it's just, make, we're just making it real. Yeah. Okay? It's day in the life. Yeah. 
Okay, so um, uh, what was the what was your the next band after Seizure Seizure Oh, Seizure Salad. Salad. Oh, it's a monster hiatus. Uh, my buddy and I, um, <laughs> monster hiatus. I you know I never attempted to sing, and I just didn't see myself doing that. I'm, I just just playing guitar. Yeah, yeah, I would just you know I just a role player was was okay you're by play, me. You're playing electric. Yeah, I was playing electric guitar, but I, you know, most mostly, um, you write. I was writing songs on an acoustic guitar and performing with an electric guitar, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was really hard to uh, in suburban America, you know, at that time for us, at least. You know, I think we probably went about it wrong. We were looking for similar, <laughs> like-minded musicians, yeah, and they were not around. So we had to wait an awfully long time to actually get a project together because mm-hmm. I think when you look for similar-minded people, um you know, you eventually get these people together. Your band sucks. You know, yeah, like you yeah. actually want to get people from way different backgrounds because the music that you're going to make, I've come to realize is going to be the ability to work together on that level. is just, just a little, um, a little bit more cooperative uh-huh. in a sense. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, um, anyway, so no, I was, no, we made some home recordings, just my buddy and I, and then eventually drafted a drummer and, um, but no, we, we couldn't really put together a band until, you know, I was working in a natural food store, mm-hmm. which has quite an eccentric crew of people, yes. you know, customer base and employees. What a shock. <laughs> it, totally. And, but I was exposed to a lot of reggae music there. Huh. Tons of reggae music. And I mm-hmm. grew a profound love for it. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was an everyday thing. So, what I, you know, I stopped my stint there at the co-op and eventually I got a call um, from some dudes. They didn't even know I played guitar. But they needed, and I was working with them for three years. So, um, so but they needed a guitar player. They found out Baby J, ba- me. I, that's what they called me. I, that, uh, they found out that I played guitar, and they asked me to come to a rehearsal, and I did. And um, pretty much that that day, I mean, uh, our band was born. It was called Pure Light Seed. What's it called? Pure Light Seed. Pure Light Seed. Pure Light Seed. Okay. Washington D.C. band. Uh-huh. And um, these are these are my buddies, and um, I. These guys were a little bit older than them. I was not to not to age them because they're you know they're frozen and ice as far as the way they were looking as far yeah. as their age man they're yeah. they're looking great, but uh, these dudes um, were you know I looked up to them quite a bit. These are a lot of older brothers for me, uh-huh. and um, you know I grew up right in front of their eyes, and sometimes that was uh-huh. a little bit embarrassing. But I got to play some music that mm-hmm. was. You know, future reggae. We called it future reggae. So yeah. it, was, it was soul music and reggae music. And uh-huh. but Bad Brains was a band from DC. Bad Brains. Bad Brains was huge. They were enormous. And 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 we a, bla- a black punk band. Yeah, and just uh, they played a lot of reggae music too. So they blended yeah. that hardcore punk with reggae. And they did yeah. they did yeah. the they did the hardcore thing better than any other band. Yeah ever played that music and one of the best band names of all time definitely M- madonna even signed them after is after that right the, yeah and then she wouldn't let them out of their contract so they recorded as the soul brains <laughs> so that wasn't you know they sold a few less records as a result of that I'll go bet. figure the name the, the yeah. brand name that bad brains name really yeah. does carry oh boy but um god bless those dudes and hr and and um that that whole band is yeah. is really influential and and yeah. uh it, didn't didn't yeah. they have a, a reunion not too not too yeah, couple they, year, a couple years they ago? They have they have it's spotty because I believe yeah. HR's involvement the singer is yeah. is a little hit or miss. Um, uh-huh. But they, they have had a they had one singer from this other metal band uh, join them at uh-huh. maybe I, I don't know if it's an anniversary of a record release or what the uh-huh. occasion was. But they they don't play too much, man. If you get a chance to see them, hmm. jump on that. I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah. But yeah. we used to go see HR. You know, HR is. Um, 
little little outside guy, you know. Yeah. I think he might have some issues. He's has some recent health issues, which yeah, is which gotcha. is um but he's also um has some mental interruptions, I think you could yeah. say. Yeah. But whatever, we used to see him in, in a place called Chief Ike's Mamba Room. You ever go there? No. Dude, it's right there in Adams Morgan. Right across the street was Jimi Hendrix played huh. and um in, in the six in the sixty eight uh-huh. sixty eight Jimmy was in DC. And um, I forget what that place was called. Yeah. But um, it's right on Connecticut mm-hmm. and 18th, right where they come together. That's, yeah. that's a pretty hot spot there. But um, yeah, Chief Ike's, Chief Ike's Mambo Room. HR would do uh, open mic night there huh. and have his local band play. So we'd get to watch a legend perform yeah. just casually for, yeah. for free. He would wear a bulletproof vest. Really? He was a little bit. Yeah, Jeez. man. I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure the exact circumstances. You know, you know what I think? Actually, he had a... I think he had a brain, like a neurological disruption. Uh-huh. I think he had something happen, maybe uh, traumatic uh-huh. to his brain. Yeah. It could have been drug induced at one point or another. I don't know. Uh, Very or, inspirational band. Yeah. And without that band, the DC music scene wouldn't be right. And DC, uh, for those who don't know, Go Go Music is DC's music scene, but also that hardcore scene from the eighties. Yeah. yeah. And then, and what else? Marvin Gaye. Did you ever see Chuck Brown? I did see Chuck Brown. I met Chuck Brown. I got I to did? pass Chuck Brown our music. I met Chuck Brown. He's wearing his fur coat. He was in a limousine. <laughs> I, we passed him our album. Yeah. And he took that and he just was cool. And he took the album. He put it, he stopped whatever music he was listening to. He put our record into the limo, <laughs> cranked it. Wow. And sat there and listened to a full track. Jeez. With us. Yeah. At the state theater. Uh, I guess. That's I nice. Yeah. It was really nice. I think it was like a, a local award show. Uh-huh. So Chuck Brown would win all those awards, I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. I guess that's what the occasion was. But um, busting loose. I, dude, it was such an honor, man. Dude, yeah. it was so cool how he treated us, too. Right. He literally right. stopped what he was doing. There was a lot of people around. That's too. nice. I thought that's so. Nice. Well, I guess we yeah. had the nerve to go up and right. say hi. Right. You know, right. Right. But I play busting loose on the radio a lot. Do good. Yeah. You know, these sometimes these famous people, man, they're not they're they're selfless. They don't give a yeah. shit about themselves. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I, and I've met a few of them and sometimes they just start pouring information. Uh-huh. You're not asking. Yeah. Maybe they know you're interested. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah. I admire that when that happens because yeah. I, I am interested. So I'm listening. Yeah. You know. Uh, uh. So how long have you been here? I've been here two years, but I've been breathing up this air up in here for probably three years um, huh. as a volunteer and now as a worker. No, I mean in Portland. Oh, in Portland. Holy cow. Um, about six years. I washed up here about six years ago. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, little raft <laughs> got dried up like that exploding whale. Yeah. And um, dried up and then eventually got on my feet and walked in east and I found and I just got to Portland. Do you, do you miss being on the east coast? Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. do. I do. But I, I don't know that I would. I think I, I think I'm comfortable where I'm at, where I am. Yeah. You know, yeah, um, no, I understand. I love yeah. the mom and pop feel of Portland. Right. And how people will. I think people are going to support it so that it doesn't change. I think people are going to support small businesses so we can keep this feel here. Yeah. yeah. Where else in America can you go? It'll be interesting to see what happens once everything calms down and then we get back to, to trying to be normal again. You yeah. Really, it's it's going to be fascinating. I think to, it's still the watch. wild west out here, man. Do you think that way too? No. You've been here for so I'm long. I'm from Baltimore. Baltimore's the Wild West. It is crazy <laughs> there. Why is it so crazy there? But it is, I know. Because, well, the drugs. <laughs> yeah. 
the jaywalking scene in Baltimore is, is, is big. <laughs> that is a good time. Jaywalking. I got it. Wasn't that funny when when, when you got here and 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 people would were were waiting even though there was no traffic. People were waiting for the <laughs> yeah. for the light to change so they could cross the street. I couldn't believe that. I know. Well, in, well, the closer you are to Canada, the more dangerous it gets, right? Because the laws. <laughs> you know, do you know this in Canada, the the pedestrian does not have the right of way oh. if they don't have the signal so if you get macked by a car that's that's on you so we're closer to that we're closer to british columbia man no i mean i think no you don't, i think so no people are more polite here dude it has something to do with our our proximity to canada people I, are passive aggressive here but it's not like time. baltimore where they're aggressive aggressive yeah i can deal with aggressive <laughs> passive aggressive makes my head spin a little yeah. bit though they have that down to a science here it's true <laughs> it's, I just don't appreciate that too much, but <laughs> such is life, you know. Well, I would, I'll take that over, um, like get knocked in the head. Oh yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, if you could, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you just mind your own business. Trouble comes find, come finding you. It, yeah. it, less so in Portland, I think. Than, uh, uh, oh, a lot uh, less. A lot yeah. less than yeah, back east. Now man. it's different now, I think, because of all the homeless people. Yeah. But before that all happened, before the pandemic, before. You know, there was this, the city was full of people living in tents on a sidewalk. Um, I never felt unsafe here for a minute. Yeah, I, you know, I've had um, quite a few interactions with the homeless people and, and honestly nothing but good interactions. I'm not saying, well, you know, well, you know what I'm saying, though. I'm, it's, I, it's a rough way to go, and they're yeah. going to, you know, if you're living on the street, you are going to act out in some strange way. Right. It's right. just inevitable. I was driving home last night. You know, I work around the clock. I was driving home last night and there was a dude just sitting on MLK Boulevard and um, screaming, just screaming. I yeah. was at a red light and, yeah. I, you know, he was just screaming. There's nobody around other yeah. than the cars at the red light. And man, that reminds me of home. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Every morning. Yeah. You know, yeah. Great way to wake up. Great way to spend the day. Let's argue some. Yes. You're Italian, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so am I. So yes. I think that's, yes. that's one reason I can connect with you too. Yeah. It's just, just something innate, I think, but I, know. Um, I, know. I, I loved the Italian. Well, I loved growing up Italian, man. Yeah, I did. I loved because people got together in, in larger uh -huh. groups. I felt, you know, like, um, at least the Italian family that I was a part of, it was important to get together on Friday yeah. nights. Yeah. It was important for the kids, the cousins right. to get together. Yeah. Always. Always. And, um, you know, I wish that was still like that. You know? I know, I know. Um, it's funny because I, I, you know, uh, I'm half Italian myself, and but I grew up in a Jewish neighborhood. Me too. Which was pretty interesting. Uh, Where in Baltimore? Yeah, like Pikesville or something. Uh, at Liberty Heights. Yeah. Not that way. So I was in Potomac, Maryland. Yeah. And I wouldn't yeah. call it a Jewish area, but I mean, there's 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 a lot of synagogues, and mm -hmm. there is a Jewish population there for sure. Yeah. But yeah. it, you know, Washington D.C. is in Baltimore, such a mix. Well, it's funny because when I moved here, you know, a lot of a lot of my vocabulary was made up of of, of Yiddish yeah. phrases, you know, <laughs> yeah. and I, ha I had to stop. I had to stop. Yeah. Because people didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. I know. You know. Uh, and, and one one in particular comes to mind, but but I I'll, but I digress. Anyway, so I finally I finally at about three or four years in. I got a, a Jewish girlfriend and all of a sudden I, it all came out again. I could, I could use it again, but uh, you know, that didn't last. <laughs> There's a, you know, I learned a lot about the Jewish 
religion, you know, yeah. or Jewish culture, really. And um, totally the way that they respect um, them, each other is is profound. Well, you know, uh, in school and uh, especially in, in elementary school and junior high to a certain uh, certain and in high school. On a Jewish holiday, there was me and some black kids. That was it. <laughs> Everybody else was gone. Well, that was fine. You know, I, mean, uh, I lived in Virginia Beach, and I said the word bar mitzvah because I had grown up <laughs> in, in New Jersey and Philadelphia yeah. area, and they, they thought I was talking a different language. And I guess I was. <laughs> but, I mean, you know, that was a little drastic, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I knew I, knew I, I was not in uh, Kansas anymore. So. Yes. <laughs> For sure. Oh, man. So what do you what do you think is going to happen here? I love that question. Well, what's going to happen? That's. Uh, I mean, what's yeah. going to what's going to happen to you? What's going to happen to Artichoke? Oh man, um, what's going to happen? Um, you know, we're gonna, we're going to keep sharing music with people. We're going to yeah. keep uh, having a place where that's welcoming that they can come in and exper and experience, hopefully something new. Yeah. And hopefully just uh, help generate the uh, inspiration to continue yeah. with their music. You know. Yeah. How many things do we have in this world that we can enjoy? Right. Only a few things, uh, yeah. you know, not to be a, you know, you know, it's not that simple, but I mean, we do have a, just a couple of things I feel that and music yeah. is certainly one of them. Right. And, um, right, right. So right. I, people gravitate towards it for a reason. And, uh, we're, we're here for that, you know, um, you know, I'm learning here every day. Yeah. I'm learning something new. There's so much to learn here and yeah. I show up every single day here and I'm still yeah. learning about it. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. there's just anything for, for anybody who wants to come and experience artichoke, man, they can they can spend day after day um, growing here. Yeah. Well, you sure make people feel welcome. Thanks, thanks, Tom. Yeah. That's that's the goal, man. Right. You know, that's the goal. This is a community store. Yeah. Well, Jason, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. Merry Christmas, Tom. Thank and, you so uh, much, man. We'll I'll be back in January uh, for the first one. Actually, the the, uh, the first one is going to be uh, maybe it, it'll be the first or the second. Finally. The album of the Quadraphones album of Andrew Durkin music, which has been on the way for at least five years. I have interviewed every member of the Quadraphones and Andrew Durkin in that period of time, and no one has been able to tell me when it's coming out. It's finally coming out. Nice. And um, so I'm going to have him in here. Nice. And he's funny. He's, and his music is like, is, is, has a Zappa feel to it. Oh, yeah. And, it's, and it can be really funny. He's a guitar player? No, he's I a. He's a a keyboard player but he's a conductor and, and composer and the thing is his music is very complicated but it's very accessible and it's hard to play but when they're finished playing everybody in the band is, smi is smiling it's great i've never seen anything like it you know mm. anyway so he's he'll be in here they love playing together yeah he'll be in here and and uh, you'll get a chance to meet him awesome be that'd nice. be great yeah i'll get the coffee ready oh thanks <laughs> all right man thanks a lot thanks, thanks for everything yeah you got it thank you man <laughs>